morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, also known as Super G, joining us on this Monday. Jackie, the Crypto Juggernaut, and you know, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Johnny Crypto is in the building on this Monday, so I'm very excited for this episode. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Ripple is making the most of this bear market as a developer team is working to leverage Ethereum smart contracts on the XRPL. This is another bullish catalyst for XRP, potentially bringing billions to the blockchain. Quant Network has been making waves in the banking industry since 2018. With this token moving during the bear market, all eyes are on Quant. We show our listeners several factors contributing to the price action and why this bull run may only be getting started. MasterCard is working with banks to bring crypto trading mainstream, while Cardano is quietly building in the background, announcing developers have reached an all-time high on their network. Hedera is launching a possible solution to carbon emissions as the world is becoming increasingly digital. We provide hard evidence as to why 2023 is the year of institutional adoption. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Gonzo, you already know we got so much news prepared, but what I am most excited about is that Ethereum smart contracts are coming to the XRPL and that's where the money is. But before we get into that, what's on your mind, my friend? Thank you for being here, Gonzo. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Abs, I, I like the new background. I know you got your new computer. Look at that. You got the piano in the background. He's styling. Love it. Uh, but uh, good morning, everybody. I uh, hope everyone had a really good weekend. Um, yeah, man, I, I had a good weekend. We'll talk about some technical analysis stuff that I was looking at when we when we look at price action. But yeah, happy to be here and good morning, everyone. And uh, it's going to be a great week. Awesome. And we got Jackie joining us today, too. Jackie, I don't know how your quant portfolio is, but this weekend... It had some upward price action, so it was an exciting weekend for our listeners. What's on your mind? How are you feeling, Jackie? That was so savage, Abs. I can't believe you. <laughs> My quant portfolio is terrible because I don't have hardly any. Um, and the fact that the price is so high now, you know, it makes it. You feel that FOMO, but I mean, from what we saw to where we are now, I don't really feel that FOMO because I'm not touching it right now, um, especially with all those green candles we've seen over the last couple of days. But it's great to be here on a Monday, guys. I love I love the chat. I love my team. And yeah, I, you can't get better than Good Morning Crypto Show. So let's go. Awesome, guys. We got 160 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I promise you today we've got some exciting news lined up. But before we do that, the man, the myth, the legend, Johnny Crypto, I see you added some roses to your background. How are you feeling this morning, my friend? And what's up with those roses? Oh, man, it's smelling pretty rosy here today. We've got a beautiful pump and quant. Everybody's happy and excited. So uh, it's always a beautiful day when you're ever, when you're six feet above the earth. Always take a deep breath. Ah, breathe that fresh air. It's such a beautiful thing. It's so great to see those beautiful faces, uh, Gonzo and Jackie. And let's not forget, good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. Love you. Appreciate you guys. I can't wait to hop into all the good news today. Awesome. And with that being said, Roto, you know we're going to start this thing the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. We're at 1,962 followers. The goal is to break 2,000 before the end of the year. 
It looks like we're going to beat that deadline. So very exciting for our group. We've got the Bitcoin fear and greed index sitting at a 20 in extreme fear. Anybody who's been watching this show for the past few months knows this thing hasn't gone above 25 in quite some time. So we're going to get into the total coin market cap. We're sitting at $919 billion in total market cap this morning. Bitcoin is 40% dominance. Ethereum is 17%. Bitcoin is sitting at $19,400 this morning. Ethereum, $1,300. XRP is $0.47. Cents. Cardano is taking a hit during this bear market, still sitting at $0.37 cents and really waiting for a catalyst to push us out of that range. We got Chainlink at $7. Kronos is $0.11. Cents. Quant has climbed into the top 30 above Algorand, sitting at $217 this morning. That is $2.3 billion in market cap. So, so much exciting news happening in the market today. And I want to remind our listeners, Johnny Crypto, you may not have as much quant as you like, but you are the reason I bought quant in the first place. So thank you, my friend. My portfolio thanks you. But before we get into that, what projects are you watching this morning and how are you feeling? What's on your mind? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's obviously one of them that I'm keeping a close eye on right now. This is the whole point of an exit plan. I actually sold uh, 10% this weekend, right? And and I didn't catch the top and it's okay. I'm close to the top and that's all I care about. You know, when this thing's sitting back down at 80 or 90, one day I'm going to be sitting like, okay, I did the right thing. If it goes up, it's okay. I still got 90% of my bags I'm bringing with me. Either way I win. You know, what's really cool apps. I've got about 75% of my investment out of this right now. So this is almost free house money at this point. And this is exactly how you want to uh, leverage a, an exit plan, right? You want to put something in place so that you can end up, um, well, literally playing with house money. It's a beautiful thing. It really is, Johnny. And this uh, this price action, although it's exciting and we talk about it every day, it's a little bit unexpected. I don't think any of us thought we were going to go from $120 to $220 in only three weeks, but there's a bunch of other projects that we've been watching. And I want to kick it to Gonzo before we go to Jackie. Gonzo, what are some projects that you're keeping an eye on? I know you mentioned Casper before the show. I'm interested to hear if you have any comments. Yeah, you know, Casper made a move. Uh, it's up, uh, I think, over 20-something percent, 30% over the weekend. So um, I pulled some profits on uh, Casper. Didn't pull any profits on Quant because uh, I just don't have enough to kind of like pull profits on. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, I was looking at the chart. It, it's one big, like on the daily, inverse head and shoulders. So I was like staring at the chart over the weekend. And, um, you know, Quant has the ability to move like this. I look back, it was on September 5th of 2021. There was a green candle that went from 219 to 487, all the way up, one big candle. So um, it does this, but like like Jackie's saying, for me, I'm not going to FOMO in. I'm going to wait for it to roll over. The RSI is starting to kind of get up there. Um, I didn't get a chance to look at the lower time frames, but uh, like for people that are looking to just for what they can invest in, Gala looked really good. It's at the bottom of its trading range. So like over the weekend, I bought some Gala, I got some Flow, um, and then I got some Link uh, when it was like there's it's in a channel. So when it gets close to the bottom of that channel, uh, I always do my buys. But what I was really looking at is is Bitcoin and kind of trying to compare it to the last uh, bear market. And um, we're kind of mimicking. There it goes. There's that tweet, right? Where we're mimicking what happened before, where we're getting uh, like the um, the Bollinger bands are tightening, right? And when they get like very tight, what happens is we get an explosive move. And what we're kind of mimicking it. What this tweet talks about is that uh, we got like kind of very stable with the price of Bitcoin, and then we moved. It went from six thousand to three thousand, right? So there's a possibility that you know this could be the move that we've been talking about where we make that lower low right because of what the Bollinger bands are doing and 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 the pattern that that's developing 
And Jackie, I want to remind our listeners, the way you lose a bull market is by no, taking no profits, but the way you lose in a bear market is by waiting for a bottom that never comes. And with the whole market becoming increasingly bearish, Gonzo, I'd love to go back to you here and, as of course, include Jackie. Everyone seems to think that this market is about to take another leg down, and that makes me feel like it's not going to happen just because everyone thinks it's going to happen. Now, that may be a contrarian thing to say, but I do feel like that's how this market works. Whenever there's sentiment and everyone is sure that we're going one direction, we typically go the opposite and we could be experiencing the same thing. What do you think, Gonzo? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Mario and I were talking about this. Uh, I want to think it's Saturday we were talking about this where um, everybody and their mother now is saying 10 to 14, 10 to 14. Like that is the consensus that we're going to 10 to 14. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and I said this like I think um, a month or two ago, like if we stay at 14, 8, 14, 9, like that we don't go or that we go completely past that and we freak everybody out and it goes sub 10, right? I think the likelier one is that we stay in the teens. And that's why like when Mario and I talked, um, I felt pretty good about putting in a, a small buy of Bitcoin when it got, I think I caught it at 18.3 uh, on that last candle wick. Um, and so every time that we get close to that 17.5, I'm probably gonna buy just a little bit, right? And then I still have money on the side if we go lower, but you're right. Uh, the market never does what we expect it to. So the more and more people that believe that we're going to 10 to 14, um, you know, I start kind of leaning like mm, we're either we either have to like stay above the 14 or we have to go way past below 10. Right. Because it, we're, it's not going to do what we want it to do. So it has to stay above it or below it. Thanks, Gonzo. And we're actually, we're going to show our listeners a couple of updates that we have coming this week. And Jackie, I want to get some thoughts from you. We've got some major earnings coming and that could cause some volatility in the market. And I want to remind our listeners, Raul Paul put out a really interesting thread this weekend, breaking down how October is historically the month for a market collapse. But we've got Tesla, Netflix, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, AT&T, PayPal, Snap Inc., and American Express all coming out with earnings this week could definitely lead to some volatility in the market. But before we get some thoughts from you, Jackie, we got 231 live listeners joining us on this Monday. Show us some love. Smash that like button. If you're here for the XRP content, we're going to show you how XRP is now bringing Ethereum smart contracts to the XRPL. But before we get into that, Jackie, I'd love to hear some thoughts. Yeah, this is actually a big thing to pay attention to. Um, you got some FANG stocks in there, uh, Tesla. So this this is a big earnings report coming out. And typically, you know, we always do see a correspondence between stock market and uh, crypto market. But one thing, um, just to kind of note, guys, I know I know so many people are, are paying attention to the Bitcoin price, obviously, because that runs the market. Um, but, you know, there are outliers um, as far as altcoins. We see that with quant. So definitely take that as a I mean, take that as kind of a. Yeah, kind of a hint that, you know, you should be looking at your favorite altcoins because some of them aren't going to move directly with the market. Obviously, quant was one of those. Um, there are some outliers that kind of move against against the grain um, and have their own price movements. So, you know, so that I mean, we're really honing in on that of dollar cost averaging into your favorite projects. Yes, and with all this news coming, we've got MasterCard also working to bring crypto trading mainstream with banks. But before we get into that, we had some huge news from JP Morgan and Kanye West last week as they actually stopped him from using his bank account. He had some comments during this interview this weekend. So we're going to let the short clip play and get comments from our group. Here we go. You know what I'm saying? JP Morgan, I put $140 million in a JP Morgan and they treated me like shit. So if JP Morgan Chase is treating me like that, how they treating the rest no, of y'all? That's outrageous, yeah. And this this burger was with Chase accounts. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I am outraged mm -hmm. by the time people always they want to calm it down. Because no matter what, you didn't yeah. break no law. 
I didn't break a law. Okay, I didn't break the, the law. The bank shouldn't be a judge or jury on right. anything that's but going this, on. And that's the problem right there, Johnny. The fact that the bank has become the judge and the jury on misinformation and political opinions. I'd love to give you the floor. What's this interview mean to you? And comment on the fact that Kanye West has become a huge promoter of cryptocurrency. He was even wearing a Bitcoin hat this weekend. I mean, I'll tell you what, like if, if you're JP Morgan or you're you're the folks that want to kind of wrap people in and try to take control of them, that's not the way you do it. You you don't want big the big boys, people who, you know, celebrities like that. A lot of people like Kanye um, going out there and bashing JP Morgan like that, because then that will wake people up and people are like, hey, wait a minute. If they can do it to him, just like he said. He got $140 million in there. They did it there. What do you think they're going to do to you with your $73 that you got in their bank? You know what I mean? They're going to lend it out. out. Yeah. So, yeah. Or with your 10 million sheep that you got, that's worth four bucks. You know, they're not going to care. So to me, big, big blunder on their part to do that. And, you know, good for Kanye that he's going out there and making people aware of it. Um, it is going to wake some people up and you're going to see some people probably be more skeptical of banks, right? Banks got to be, Banks need to be very, very careful here because for now, crypto isn't out. And and until they regulate it, you know, they, obviously the government could always regulate anything out of business. But unless they do that, people will will have an out and they'll just going to do what he's going to do. Like, OK, you want to be like that? Taking my money out of the bank and I'll put it into crypto or put it someplace else. So very, very interesting why they would even do that. that that's a, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Gonzo, what made me think of you here is the fact that he said he broke no laws, right? He what, There wasn't anything he did that was illegal that made them withdraw his bank account. They just decided they didn't like the words coming out of his mouth, so they weren't going to be working with him anymore. What does that mean to you, Gonzo? And is this something we're going to see more of in the future? Remember, this, this is, is the second the, time we've seen this, by the way. Right, yeah. This is the it's same thing. This is the PayPal thing all over again, right? When you've got freedom of speech merging with finance, it's a slippery slope, right? Yeah. Like Kanye said, he hasn't broken any laws, right? And so he's allowed to say whatever he wants to say or believe in whoever he wants to believe in. And that has nothing to do with his bank account. And the fact that they're like in this whole like cancel culture, that they're canceling his account is crazy. But are we surprised? I mean, we're talking about the president, right? The CEO is Jamie Dimon, right? The same guy that Johnny talks about that tells, told his office that, hey, you know what? If anyone buys Bitcoin, you're fired. Well, they let their institutional investors invest in this, right? So are we really surprised when they do something like this, when you're talking about a person like Jamie Dimon, or he talks about certain cryptos, and he says that it's for like um, sex slave and, and all kinds of other bullshit, while they're like investing in it, and they're trying to FUD people out of it. So I'm not surprised. But I'm glad that Kanye's speaking up because he has a way louder voice than we do. But it's a way, way slippery slope. And what caught my attention, Gonzo, was the fact that he broke no laws. And I'm going to keep reiterating that. The bank just decided they didn't agree with his opinion, so they didn't want him as a client anymore. That's a new philosophy. The fact that you can just shut down someone's bank account because they disagree with them, that's something new. But, Jackie, I'd love to get some closing remarks here about what Kanye's doing. A couple of years ago, he went on the Joe Rogan Experience and explained how Bitcoin and cryptocurrency investors were the revolutionaries of our generation because we're taking control of our own finance. What's your opinion on that? And what do you think about his JP Morgan statements? Yeah, I think honestly, I think that's the big reason why they actually shut him down was because he was probably getting out there too much with cryptocurrency. And yeah, we know the past of Jamie Dimon of not letting any of his employees invest or things like that. Um, that might be the real behind the scenes thing. Uh, he's just too, you know, awoke for 
for the big institutions and they don't want that out there yet. Um, but yeah, the censorship's insane. Um, it needs to, it needs to end. Uh, and I feel like things are coming to a point where, where we're kind of getting, you know, things are facing off. So it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's a little interesting, um, kind of scary for some people, but Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to see what happens. I agree with you, Jackie. And with all this turbulence going on in the market today, I feel like 90% of the battle is having the self-awareness, understanding that these are these companies do have narratives that they're trying to promote, and they are against certain narratives at the same time. But we got 270 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into our XRP content for today. The first one, you guys are going to love this video because Brad Garlinghouse was speaking to banks at the fintech conference of 2022, and they said, no one gives a shit you're being sued by the SEC. So we're going to let this short clip play and get comments from your group. Here we go. Most people outside the United States don't really care if the SEC is suing us. I'll tell you a very quick, funny story. I'll keep it short. I was in the Middle East last fall, and we were meeting with customers. I have a, a, one of the Ripple team members who's based there. It's really early in the morning. My time zones are all screwed up. We're meeting the CEO of a payments company. And uh, you know, but the employee from Team Ripple says, well, why don't you give an update on what's going on Ripple? And I start talking about the SEC. And after the meeting, he very delicately says to me, no one gives a shit. And his point was, if you're not in the United States, you know, the, the governments in Abu Dhabi, governments in Switzerland, Singapore, uh, UK, Japan, they provided the clarity that they view and categorize digital assets. And they don't care that the United States SEC has a viewpoint that is, you know, pending in court. Most people outside the United States don't really care. The SEC yes, and that clip speaks for itself. Sorry, sorry, Gonzo, I meant to pause it there. I'd love to get some thoughts from you. He was very blatant and very upfront. The banks do not give a shit that the SEC is suing them in the United States for two reasons. One, clear use case, and two, they're promoting other currencies. They gave Ethereum a free pass to be used by JP Morgan and Bank of America and many of these other prominent uh, financial institutions. But when it comes to XRP, it's a real threat to JP Morgan. JP Morgan makes a ton, billions of dollars per year, just transacting US dollars from one place to another. And Ripple is going to take all of that profit away. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, um, what's his name? Jamie Dimon is so negative when it comes to cryptocurrency. It's taking money out of his pocket. But sorry, Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor. Yeah, no, I mean, he's right. It's like that same uh, thing that when he talks about, like they're acting when it comes to the rest of the world as if they already lost the lawsuit, right? They just really don't care. These other uh, financial institutions that are worldwide, they've already determined that XRP is a currency, right? It's only in the U.S. that we have a problem. So really, when they're sitting at the table with Brad Garlinghouse, they could care less, right? Because they're in a different country. They're there to, 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 to do business, right? They, they really don't care what happens. It doesn't affect them at all, right? So I think it's really funny because, you know, because we live in the U.S. And, and, and it not that it consumes us, but because it affects us, you know, we're, we're into it, but there's a whole nother world out there and these guys are building world partnerships. Uh, and so I thought it was funny, but yeah, I, I could see that where they absolutely don't care about what's going on with the SEC because it doesn't affect them. Yes, Johnny, I know you got some thoughts here because I'm sure you don't give a shit either. We already understand that XRP is being mass adopted around the world and what the SEC is doing in the United States, it's essentially shooting themselves in the foot by hindering innovation. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, Johnny. Well, that's exactly right, Abs. At the end of the day, what's happening is they're just hurting U.S. companies, U.S. innovators, because, you know, as Brad did say, he did say that in the U.S., people are saying to him, whoa, 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 hey, slow down. We'll wait to see what happens at the end of the case. The rest of the world doesn't care, but there are companies in the U.S. that do care. Brad has already said that. So it is one of those, hey, Eric, you don't have to apologize for being late. We're usually the late ones. But anyway, we're glad you're here. And shout out to all the Warrior Maniacs who are here. But, um, 
you know, it's just one of those things where sooner or later this thing will end. And I just hope that there's there are companies that haven't gone too far down the path of a solution that when Ripple has a clarity that they'll come and, and hop on the field and adopt that technology because it's a really good technology. It's going to be embedded around most of the world and other, you know, 70 countries already. So um, I just hope it hasn't hurt them here. I'd like to see that continue to grow. Jackie and Brad Garlinghouse actually took the time to comment underneath the video we just showed our listeners. He said, my outrage has grown as the litigation has unfolded. There is no recourse. There is no consequence to those that brought this lawsuit. And the SEC's pursuit of policy objective isn't about a faithful allegiance to the law. It's about a power grab for this market. I'd love to hear your response to that uh, tweet there, Jackie. Yeah, Brad Garlinghouse is right on point with that. Um, I I mean, all of us common people would love to see some consequences to the SEC and, and a lot of other government officials, but I unfortunately, that probably won't happen. But yeah, this is, this is a big, um, you know, a lot of people kind of, they just get used to the lawsuit. It's been going on for a couple of years now and they just kind of sit back. And that's, that's the big issue that happens, you know, time and time again with, with the big guys on top versus all the little people is they drag things out so long that eventually we just sit back and then we just don't care, which is a big issue because then there's no consequence for, for the, you know, the immoral things that are going on um, in the end. And so honestly, i me, myself, but also other people that are watching, we should continue to, you know, kind of raise awareness about this and continue to kind of fight for it because this is this is something big that's going to affect the long term future. I mean, we talk about CBDCs. We talk about um, I, um, ISO sorry. compliant tokens. Yes, is not ISO. Um, gosh, it just left me. What's Stable uh, coins. You you universal basic income, UBI. Yeah. Oh, UBI. Well, we talk about those types of things. And those types of things are the things that are going to come about and be so controlling in the future because of things like this. Because people just pass up their vote, pass up their, you know, kind of their care about um SEC lawsuit going on with XRP, just other things like this similar situation. Yes, thank you, Jackie. And he actually took the time to respond again underneath. This was a second tweet he posted. He said, there's no regard for those companies and the people who have been harmed by the SEC litigation. We should all be outraged. The SEC has clearly forgotten that the government works for the people. Gonzo, I'm going straight to you. What are you thinking? Yeah, he's 100% correct, right? Like you can see that the SEC is, you know, um, is, uh, governing by enforcement, which is not the way to do things, right? Um, they're there to protect investors, but all they're doing, uh, Gary Gensler is a Wall Street guy, right? If you look at all the moves that he's done, um, it's to protect uh, Wall Street or make more money for, for the rich. It's not to protect us, right? Um, and and um, wh whether you believe that it was for nefarious reasons, whether you believe in ETHgate, uh, you know, whatever it is, you can't argue the fact that um, these guys have caused some significant losses to not just retail investors, but to like ripple the company, right? Like they set them back years. And like Johnny was saying, um, you know, the longer this thing gets dragged out, you know, the longer, it, the more time it gives someone else to kind of catch up, right? So exactly. we'll see how it goes. And I, I want to remind people, I think Ripple's already admitted they've spent over $110 million defending themselves against the SEC. Johnny, I know that you've got some comments here, but Brad Garlinghouse is making bold statements. What I want to focus on is why do you believe that Ripple employees and Ripple litigation 
are so comfortable coming out now and criticizing the SEC? Um, that's a good question. If it were me, I wouldn't be criticizing them at well, I'd keep my mouth shut until after it was over if you want to know the truth. But um that that is a great question. I, I don't know why they're coming out. Maybe they're feeling confident that they're gonna win the case, you know. But I never like to rub my 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 nose in anybody's face or my thumb in anybody's face. I wouldn't poke the bear to be honest with you right now, because we know the bear has an infinite supply of money. But I will say this just to make the crowd happy here. We know that they are being pursued by a rat snake weasel organization, right? We know that at the end of the day, that obviously what happened there, they could have gone after anybody. And we know that, you know, ETH was probably the target, but then they chose not to for various reasons, which I don't know the answer to. So, yeah, I think, though, at the end of the day, the good news is, we're probably getting close to the end of the case. If I were if I were Ripple and employees, I would just keep my mouth shut. I wouldn't say anything. I'd take the high road and put this thing past me, and then I'd go and I'd do what I do best. I'd go push this product everywhere in the U.S. and start developing it and getting momentum around it. Johnny, and you're going to love this. This weekend, I was watching a video of Brad Garlinghouse, and I believe it was from 2018 or 2019, and he stated, he goes, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this, but JP Morgan is 100% working in crypto. And the guy asked him, he said, well, why are you so confident in saying that? And he goes, seven or eight of their employees were in my office this weekend. So JP Morgan was meeting with Ripple and asking Brad Garlinghouse and David Schwartz about how to navigate within the crypto space. So it's interesting to see them be so critical when in reality, they're excited about this technology and they're going to be leveraging it behind the scenes. But we've got 306 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Give it a warrior smash. We're about to break down how Ripple is about to take some market cap away from Ethereum. That should be exciting for all the XRP army out there. So Ripple begins testing the XRP ledger sidechains that's compatible with Ethereum smart contracts. And this is the first phase of a three-part process that's going to allow Ripple to take advantage of these contracts. So Ripple is testing a way for developers to deploy smart contracts made for larger and more popular Ethereum on its XRPL. The Ethereum virtual machine is what runs the smart contracts. And Ripple said that an EVM compatible sidechain is now live on the company's developer net. The developer net is just a testing place where they're able to hone down on these new technologies. The work developers have already put into building Ethereum smart contract could be leveraged in an entirely separate Ripple ecosystem. This is the first part of a three-part process, and the second phase will go live in early 2023 when the EVM sidechain becomes permissionless. And that is going to directly bring liquidity into the XRPL, so this is so exciting. But the third phase is slated for the second quarter of 2023 when Ripple will fully deploy their software and all of these contracts become interoperable. Gonzo, you are the Ethereum expert in our group. I always say that, my friend. So what are you thinking about this news? This is so exciting to see XRP take advantage of Ethereum when typically, and I know this doesn't matter, these communities, they butted heads. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, right? Because Ethereum is the number one like uh, platform that we have right now. It has all the development. It has all the apps. Uh, I'm not saying that other ones can't catch up. It's just what we have right now. And so that's why you have all these different blockchains that become EVM compatible because they want to bring that ecosystem to their blockchain, right? So I think it was only natural for the XRPL to do this, but it's going to be huge because in in layman terms, without being too technical, basically what this is going to allow is any of the dApps, any of the things that work on Ethereum will be able to be leveraged or moved over to the XRPL, right? And so like you like you said, it brings all that liquidity into the XRPL, right? And, and I'm sure it's going to be better, faster, cheaper, right? It's why layer twos work so well with Ethereum. But um, yeah, I think this is going to be huge. 
Johnny, I'm I'm dying to hear your thoughts here, but I want to remind our listeners that we have to continually adopt. Somebody is actually keep commenting about HBAR. I'm excited to show you guys. HBAR has announced a solution for carbon emissions, but we're talking about XRP right now, Johnny. So sorry, floor is yours. No, that's okay. I think that, you know, Gonzo kind of nailed it right. We, we know there's another company, I think it was Moonbeam was out there and they were also creating an EVM so they could push... Um, Ethereum smart contracts, I think, to, uh, I don't know, it was Cosmo. Or, I forgot the, the blockchain it was pushing into. Maybe it was DOT. But the, the, that's what everybody's yeah, trying to dot. do. It was DOT, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So er, you could see everybody's trying to steal a piece of the pie from Ethereum because Ethereum is the king of the mountain, right? We know that, as Gonzo said, all the apps are built on Ethereum. So what do you do? <laughs> you got to get the piece of the pie. You start building a, a bridge into that system to pull some of that and you know, extract that value out of there and bring it into an affordable system. So the, the benefit of having smart contracts at a low cost is a win-win, right? Kind of polymatic kind of does the same thing in a different way. But yeah, this is huge, again, for XRP. If they're able to drive more, yeah, you can say about this all the time. It's all about driving use cases. It's about creating use cases. And this is why I like Ripple, the company. And for those of you who are accredited investors, you can go look at it at link2.com. I like it because... I think that they're going to, they just smart in how they innovate and they're going to continue to push out web three type products. That's going to grow them as a company. And remember, if you own XRP, you don't own ripple the company, you don't own their profits, right? You have to buy the company to own them. So to me, it's just a win-win all around for ripple and the XRP uh, blockchain. This is, I mean, we're seeing this in a lot of different ecosystems. Like you said, Johnny with, with Polkadot, um, they're doing that. Uh, we have Cosmos is doing that with Evmos. I mean, all, I think all these big ecosystems, all these big blockchains are seeing the, the need for it. And so they are coming out with side chains and the ability to be interoperable. And that's something that we on the show um, and even on our calls within the Academy, we've been talking about interoperability for years and the importance and use case of it. And now we're supposed to, I mean, and now we're seeing that come to pass. Um, but yeah, this is, this is huge, honestly, for XRP, um, huge for Ripple. This allows just like you said, Johnny, innovation. That's, that's the biggest thing right now that a lot of companies need to be looking towards is innovation because I mean, this, this whole cryptocurrency blockchain has, I mean, miles and miles and miles to go, you know? So that was a big thing um, at Apex at the summit. You know, they, they kind of opened up the floor to a lot of developers and things like that and made them feel extra included just for the fact that they see like those, those, those are the future of what blockchain is going to be is the, is the big developers that are coming to these conferences that are coming up with ideas, building on these blockchains. Um, because that's that's where we're at. That's a, that's the stage we're at is innovation. There's so much innovation that is yet to come. So really, really cool to see it, it all build out. It's so exciting, Jackie. And the fact that you are able to talk about this stuff 10 years ago, all this development was happening in the background. People like us would have no idea of finding out about it. Not only are we able to find out, we're actually able to profit off of this innovation. We got 316 live listeners out there. We're going to show you a quick video exactly breaking down how this new smart contract compatibility will work. We're going to let this play and get some comments from the group. Here we go. Introducing the new XRP Ledger sidechain that we have developed from Pierce's technology together with Ripple and compatible with EVM. Join us to see what this means. Thanks to the operability of smart contracts, we can now unlock the full potential of DeFi in XRPL. A new world of possibilities is unlocked for XRP thanks to the sidechain with EVM. The EVM sidechain uses XRP as its native token. You don't need to use any other currency to access. 
And there you go, because I know a lot of people out there would be saying, well, is this actually going to increase the price of XRP? There's the answer to your question there, people. Johnny, I'd love to get some comments from you just on this. And then I have a funny video I want to pull up of Brad Garlinghouse that I think our listeners are going to love. Yeah, I mean, you know, people are always going to say, oh, why is the price going up? The price ain't going up for a while based on use cases. It's going to take a long time to build enough momentum, enough, uh, what's the word, demand of it on a use case basis. We're, we're nowhere near that yet. It's going to take years for that to happen. This is purely a speculation play in the beginning. Abs, we have to bring that curve up that I sent you a while ago, which shows the the launching of a technology, yep. what happens, and then the development of it, and then the real profits. We're years away. But I understand that everybody's anxious. They don't always understand the technology launch. We're in so early, it feels like we're late. But the reality is, the, the demand, the, 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 the price appreciation that's going to come from demand, we're nowhere ever near that right now. Everything we see is purely based on speculation of what we think is possible. And each one of these use cases is great news. It's exciting, but you've got to give it time to play out. I mean, the roads are being built. How the hell are you going to have cars on the road yet, right? It can't happen. The exactly. road's got to get built and the cars come later. So uh, that's when we'll see it. But it's 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 so it's miles away still. That's a perfect place to transition. We're going to show you a funny slash exciting clip from Brad Garlinghouse. Here we go. We started building RippleNet with the thesis that crypto liquidity would eventually be able to support robust global payments, large payments. RippleNet was designed so that customers seeing the benefits of our fiat-based network could flip the switch to ODL once the market was mature enough. And this is exactly what's happening. So that's going to be us one day. All of our listeners, all of our community out there, there will be a day when that flip is switched and the quantum financial system is live and running. And hopefully we're profiting off of this, all that innovation. But let's get back into some more relevant news because let's actually get into the quant price chart. I think a lot of people are excited about the quant news we had this weekend. Quant has surged 450% in the last four months. And this is pretty exciting news because I think this run could just be getting started when it comes to utility. I do not know why they quoted Jim Cramer in this article. They give this article the kiss of death for some reason, but he said there's always a bull market somewhere, says Jim Cramer. And then he pointed to Quant running during the bear market. So Quant has moved into the 28th largest cryptocurrency and it's reached the highest level since December of 2021. The RSI is indicating strong upward momentum, and we could continue to see the price rally for this project. The number, that, the number of whales has increased from 1.4 million quant tokens to 1.7 million in the past four months. And there's a lot of reasons that we could be experiencing this price action. They break it down right here. It says circumstantial evidence suggests that the tokenize, which was launched at the end of July, allows users to create and deploy interoperable QRC tokens and digital assets onto the mainnet. So in English, that basically means more utility is coming to the Quant blockchain, and that could be the reason more people are holding that token. On August 22nd, Quant Network announced a non-fungible token standard called QRC721 that helps users build and deploy secure interoperable NFTs and overcome the limitations associated with Ethereum. Johnny Crypto, I know you got some thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's brilliant how they're, you know, not only are they going to have the overledger you know and be able to address the financial system payment system but also bringing into the nft world which is going to be another huge market quant is going to be the one i think in the long run um but you know there is a lot of talk short term you know there's going to be some retracement coming soon i'm not sure how long this yeah i agree with mental like here and a few others have said you know we're probably almost near the top i mean maybe this thing does test all-time high retest 
it ain't going to stay up there, I don't think, for a long time because I think we're still too early for any of these things to have sustainability. Um, you know, unless some major news comes out, like when Ethereum took off and kind of went from the $200 range and kind of held in the thousands, right? Because it has established itself at a new plateau because of all the use uses on it. I'm not sure we're there yet with quant. So unless we get there, I, I suspect this will be a pump. There's something going on. A big boy's bought it at 40, right? We're at a 5X already. Actually, 5X? We're at a 5, 6, almost a 6. We're at a 6X right now. Most of these pump 10X. So, you know, I'm not sure there's too much more room to run on it. I do agree there'll be a pullback on this one here. And that's why I'm happy that I got my exit strategy. I executed some of it. And now the money's just sitting there waiting. If this thing comes back down to 40 or 100, you're going to see, oh, baby, you're going to see me doing monkey flips. I'm going to be so happy. You have no idea. And I do want to give a shout out to our friend, Crypto Mason Gonzo. You are part of the Gold Squad. I'm going to reveal that for our listeners. So pretty cool. I was part of the Gold Squad too. Great community and a great person. But we're going to show you the quant price chart right now because it's indicating this run could just be getting started. And Gonzo, I want to kick it right back to you. This trader in particular is highlighting the inverse head and shoulders, which could lead to a massive upward momentum. And he's even reaching all the way up to $12,000 a token. Very, very exciting. I'd love to hear from you, Gonzo. Uh, I mean, I don't know about 12000 There is on the daily an inverse head and shoulders that's pretty massive. Uh, I pulled a measured move. That can take us, like like I said, and, and that's when I did the measured move and I saw I could take us to close to all-time high, I was like, man, is that right? But then when I when I checked the chart, and like I said, you could have a candle wick that goes from where we're at now all the way up to 487 and then back down the next day, right? And so you have to kind of catch those sell orders um, if you're, if you're going to be um, pulling profits. But um, I, I think there's something important in that article that talked about the, the whales, right, coming in because it brings liquidity and it pumps the price up. Because remember, the total supply of, of quant is a lot lower than BTC, right? And that's why you get more price volatility. You're able to push the price up and you're able to push the price down, right? So just keep that in mind. Just don't just don't FOMO like that that um, that price point that Billy was talking about. Anytime it was at 100 or below uh, is actually looking pretty good right now, right? Uh, it's the same thing that I kind of do with Ethereum at a thousand and below, right? So um, yeah, don't FOMO in. Uh, it, it, it can't go up forever. It's going to retrace, right? They all do. Uh, we are still in a bear market. Um, and this is what happens in bear markets. When different cryptos pop off, they actually run longer than when we're in, uh, Mark Yusko talked about this, than, um, than when we're in a bull run, right? You can get a 50%, 100% run up and then a major correction, right? Um, we usually get, bigger pumps in bear markets than we do in uh, bull runs. So Gonzo, just keep that in mind. I'm going to come right back to you. A couple of things that stuck out to me. First of all, there's only 14.6 million quant tokens that will ever exist. Second is that this thing hasn't been through a real bull run. This project was launched and you're looking at the price chart here. It really caught momentum in early 2019. So we haven't experienced like a 2017 momentum of the market bull run. And when 2025 comes around, we're showing an inverse head and shoulders in June of 2022. Can you imagine when this market turns bullish and this project has real utility? I'd love to get some closing thoughts from you, Gonzo. But this price chart, feel free to address the inverse head and shoulders as well. You brought that up to me this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when you think about like what this thing's going to do in the next bull run, I, I think it's going to be something comparable to what we saw with Link, right? Link did very well last bear market. And then it was the leading indicator to tell us that we were running into a bull run, right? So I think that Quant's probably going to do that. 
that we're going to get some price volatility. But when we finally pivot and we come out of this, I wouldn't be surprised if quant is the leading indicator and this thing absolutely takes off. Hey, Johnny Crypto, if Quant takes off, the thing we need to do is stick to our exit strategies. And we've created a solution for you. The smartest way to track your crypto. Let that ad play. Have you gotten wrecked in the crypto market space or watched your crypto portfolio go all the way up and then all the way down without taking profits? If so, you're not alone. And it's probably because you don't have an exit plan. The good news is that it doesn't need to happen anymore. Thanks to a new and innovative crypto tracker called Merlin. It's the smartest way to track your crypto. It brings all your coins into one place from many exchanges and wallets, so you can simply see all of your assets across one screen. Next, you can see your total portfolio value, and more importantly, your daily gains, losses, and total since inception. Merlin puts the power back in your hands, so you no longer have to guess what your portfolio is doing on a daily or monthly basis. Most importantly, Merlin's smart algorithm lets you create an exit plan and sends you notifications when your targets are reached, so you no longer have to get wrecked in the marketplace. So go to at Get Merlin Crypto on Twitter. That's at Get Merlin Crypto and sign up for our 30-day free trial to get whitelisted so you can receive an email when the product is launched this fall. Don't wait and miss out on this new and innovative app. Sign up today and get on our Merlin whitelist. It is the smartest way to track your crypto. Johnny, and the most important part about tracking your cryptocurrency is taking profits, my friend. So I'd love to give you a chance to the floor and then we're going to get into a video from Quant CEO Gilbert Verdenham. Yes, exactly right, Abs. And like today's the perfect example of it, right? Because you've got people in the, I see people talking in the chat right now saying, oh my God, quant's going to, you know, a thousand or five digits. And, and yes, it might very well do that. I think it will in the long run, but it ain't going to just go straight up. It doesn't work that way. It's going to go up, it's going to come down, it's going to go back up a little bit more, it's going to come down, it's going to go up and down, up and down to get there, right? And if you have a tracking app or you have something that kind of keeps you, uh, aware of those targets, you can actually uh, you know play this market. Look at that. Look at that chart. Look at those peaks and valleys. There's so much opportunity to sell somewhere near the top and buy somewhere near the bottom, and that allows you to then reload your bags and double and triple them so that you know. So everyone's like, "Oh, you're crazy selling now." No, you don't understand. I'm selling now, just a little bit. I'm taking a bunch with me, and if it pulls back, I'm buying more. So, so I, I think sometimes people don't understand the concept of you know, how, how to play this market. And that's okay. Everybody can play it how they want. But I just think it's so important that people realize when we say have an exit strategy, it doesn't mean you're getting all out. It actually means you can get out and then maybe get back in and double your bags. So that's just something to think about. Awesome, guys. And we got 300 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to show you why Quant may be running. And before we dive into that video, Johnny Crypto, check out this interoperability solution that Quant's created. We've got Ripple, Stellar, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Hyperledger all connecting into what? Quant's overledger technology. And I want to remind our listeners, this was a presentation from their CEO. So, Johnny, I know you're very familiar with this technology. Anybody who doesn't know, 25 years of engineering experience out of S&P, 500 company. What do you think about all this evolution? You compared it to when TCP IP was brought to the internet. It expanded the use cases dramatically. Is that what's happening here? Yeah, that's exactly what's happening here is the recognition that something has to bring all these things together. The same thing happened with, you know, uh, email systems back in the early days when we all had in, in, in browsers, we had different web browsers, we had different email systems, and nobody could talk to each other. If I was using AOL, I could only talk to AOL people. I couldn't talk to somebody using something outside that system, right? And then TCPAP came up, uh, TCPIP came aboard and it standardized everything. So this is how we're going to communicate outside of the system so we could all talk to each other. And that's exactly what Quant is trying to do or will do is doing for blockchain just because you have the same exact problem all over again. So that's why I'm super excited for Quant. 
I think we all know Quant is going to be a big player in this game. They position themselves right. And more importantly, it's also not what you know, who you know. We know a lot about Gilbert and where he works for, right? So, so I just think that thing is primed to take off based on the technology it has and the people and connections behind it. Exactly. And I want to remind our listeners of this partnership right here as a cloud will be tapping quant network to develop Australia's national blockchain. Quant is connected to Australia's national government. Their CEO has worked at the federal reserve. They've got connections to the European banking institution and to Christine Lagarde in particular, the connections of this project go so deep. There's a reason we talk about it every day on our channel. We are not financial advisors, none of its financial advice, but we try to highlight the ISO compliant tokens And we're showing you a graph now of what the potential new financial system could look like. Obviously, it's not going to be exactly like this, but we can see Ripple, Quant, XTC, Stellar, Hedera, Hashgraph, and IOTA, as well as Algorand. Many of our favorite players are going to be involved. Gonzo, I'd love to just get some thoughts from you and Jackie before we head into this thing. We're talking about Quant being the interoperability solution, but it's going to be a solution for many of our favorite projects. So talk about the ISO compliance situation we have going on here and what you think may play out over these next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a reason why we're so bullish on the ISO tokens because we see the real use case, but we don't know if you know it's going to be all of them, it's going to be some of them, or right, and that's why we kind of place our bets. Um, uh, I will remind people that um, when you look at just the technical analysis uh, of what Quant is doing, it just moved into the golden pocket, which is the middle of the 702, right. And depending, we'll know it in a, in, a, in a few weeks here, but this could be what they call a Wyckoff and automatic rally, which means it's going to go through the golden pocket. If it can't hold, it's going to roll over and it's come right back down, right? All the cryptos do this. If you look at charts, right? When they rip up on our automatic rally, they go into the golden pocket. Sometimes they extend up and over the golden pocket and then they come crashing back down, right? And yeah. that'll be the time to accumulate again. So you're going to get your opportunities to, to accumulate, uh, but that's just on a technical analysis basis, nothing to do with like the technology or anything like that. Hey Gonzo, what are you seeing for, for uh, a potential entry point as it pulls back down? Are you seeing, I've been hearing some numbers like around 130, some around 80. Uh, have you looked at that and do you have an idea yet? I know the RSI is way oversold right now or overbought. I, I, should say. I haven't looked at the support um, okay. and resistance levels, okay. but I, I imagine um, what we would do is if you look at a chart, uh, wherever we'd have some of that strong floor or support, or if, if we start to lose some of the levels, we'll come right back down to that, right? Mm-hmm. So wherever we have that strongest support, which I think is at about 100, between 100 and 120, it seems like That's there's really hearing, good support. Yeah. And so I could see it like if, if, uh, if, because Bitcoin is the energy of the market, right? And we're, we're all waiting for that lower low, whether it's the four year cycle, whether it's the eclipses, right? We got a partial solar eclipse that's coming on September, October 25th. And then the big one is the lunar eclipse on the 7th and 8th, right? Ooh, um, if this yeah. thing rolls over, uh, we could go back down to those levels easily. Well, I hope Mentelec is right because he's calling for an $80 quant. That would be fantastic. There you go. Be buying back in, selling at 200 and buy to 80. Now that's the way to do it. Jackie, I'd love to get some thoughts. I just want to remind our listeners of Gilbert's uh, previous history. He's worked with some of the largest financial institutions on the planet. And specifically, he's worked with the UK UK Parliament, ISO compliant token. So the World Economic Forum, he's worked with the Federal Reserve. So all of the most important financial institutions on the planet, they are connected to quant. And for any of our listeners who are watching on YouTube, we're showing a list of where he's worked over the last decade. And he had a quote here that I think is very important. He said, Quant is not just working with blockchain technology. We're working with three governments to help shape the ecosystem and set the standards of policy to drive mass adoption. Jackie, floor is yours. 
Uh, he's definitely got the resume uh, that they were needing. So that, I mean, when that news came out, we were all pretty bullish on that. Um, and it, you know, time and time again, that seems to play part. We see that a lot with um, XRP Ripple, um, again, with with Quant. So super exciting. Uh, and it's just more and more builds confidence of that they will be sticking around in the space, right? Um, so price action, yeah, take a look at the price action. I don't know. I think we see a lot of good support at 150 to be first point to dollar cross average into. Um, if you're feeling FOMO like I am, don't go all in then, but I would, you know, as it comes down, um, just portions, portions. Awesome. And we're getting a lot of comments. Can I say something real quick, are, Abs? Like, oh, yeah. I, and, and, you, and you mentioned this, we're part of the gold squad, but I, I think a good way to look at quant is something that Crypto Mason has always said, right? Is that some people stack quant like they stack Bitcoin, right? So if you really believe on where this thing could go and the future its utility, the technology, then then you could just dollar cost average consistently. Not right now, but like Jackie's saying, when you get to 150 or whatever that is, if you continue to just buy and stack it or treat it like it's Bitcoin, where you're just buying and hodling it for the future, that's not a bad investment thesis. And Gonzo, think about how quickly and drastically this market can change. In 2015, at the bottom of the bear market, Bitcoin was $250. $250. And by the end of 2017, it was a $20,000 token. So it wouldn't be anything that we hadn't seen before. I want to remind our listeners, there's 281 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to get into some more news because everyone's commenting about Hedera Hashgraph. We made sure to bring the HBAR news for today. If I can just find this tweet here. Johnny Crypto, give me a second. I got to find the tweet. I need you to take it. Yeah, you know what? That's good. While you're looking for that, I just want to bring this up. I think it's really important that XLS20... We've been talking about this very, very close to the vote. Two more validators needed to start this. And I know uh, there's some exciting news here at the Academy. And Jackie, I kind of turn it over to you about, uh, I think it's XR Royal, uh, X, XRP Royal. Well, Jackie, I'll, the floor is yours. <laughs> it's X Royalty. Uh, guys, if you have been following JV's social, uh, social media channels, he did just make an announcement about this. Um, we're going to kind of keep it a little bit of a secret just to kind of be uh, – teasers um but go watch jv's tiktok that he had posted yesterday um this is the live uh landing page for the project so come to xroyalty.io um again that's xroyalty.io jk apps um <laughs> and put in your information your name um, and your email address and you will get all the updates relating to this project um i'm not going to say too much more about it because i want i want their you know, to kind of be some, some hidden things there, um, keep people guessing, but this is, I will say one thing, this is huge, um, for our Academy, huge for our Academy, huge for JV, um, and the rest of the team. So if you want to be a part of it, if you're, if you're a warrior and, and you're have yet to become a warrior, um, definitely go and check that out. Awesome. And we are going to get into our HBAR news now because we are leveraging the Hedera ecosystem as a solution to carbon emissions. And that's what Hedera is doing here. We talked about how there's so many use cases coming to HBAR, but when we talk about use cases for carbon emissions, that's where the real money could be over this next half a decade. Leveraging HBAR, users can now mint carbon emission tokens natively on this platform with the ability to even offset the footprint with carbon reduction tokens. So very interesting, brand new concept. Johnny Crypto, what do you think about the innovation HBAR is doing here? Well, I mean, they're, they're smart. They're playing right into where the world wants to go. We know the world is talking green, green, green. 
Um, and we know that it's, it's all about carbon credits. We know carbon credits are coming, carbon efficiency, right? So it's just brilliant to go and start to play into that narrative. I, I would, if I were them, they have the technology to do so. And so I think, you know, it'll be interesting to see, but Hedera is certainly going to be a player there. I think Mentelec or somebody said it earlier, assume like 20 or 30, you know, basically technologies that run, run the world in the future. And this potentially can be one of them. I've got my bags. I've got them in my bags for sure. Again, we never know. None of us know which horses are going to win the race. You just want to make sure you got some horses in the race. This is one of those horses that I want to make sure, like, I don't care about sheep. I don't care about those, right? You they, they can have those horses. This is a horse that I want to make sure that I'm talking to the jockey and I got him in my bag. <laughs> Gonzo, I'd love to hear some thoughts. What's on your mind? Yeah. Well, I, it's funny because uh, somebody was asking me in Discord about like um, HBAR and just kind of like the, the bottom, because I always talk about I, I buy in at the bottom of the trading range. And so that's like 0. 0.055 to 0. 0.059, just below six cents is when I've been deploying capital into HBAR. You're talking about fractions of a cent, right? It's like at six <laughs> three, six, five, something like that. I don't know what it is right now, but usually at the bottom of the trading ranges when I deploy, but yeah, this is huge. This is what X, the XRPL was doing too, right? This narrative of carbon credits is going to be huge. It's yep. it's going to be a, a billions of dollar influx of liquidity. Um, it's going to be huge because that whole green ESG, environmental social governance narrative, whether you believe it or not, right? Uh this is going to be huge. This is going to be a narrative. And that's why HBAR is doing this. And that's why the XRPL is doing this, right? This whole carbon credit thing. And we've got another update of the world trying to go, you know, become carbon neutral. The United the UK government wants to go paperless, possibly with the help of blockchain. And they believe by removing all this paper, it would save about $3.6 billion or $4 billion per year. This is pretty interesting because we're just seeing a move away from paper and into digital. Johnny Crypto, another move in that direction. What's it mean to you? Yeah, it's just another continuation of trying to, to move us to a, you know, a different place, a digital world, a cleaner world, a greener world, a carbon credit world, tax world, that kind of a thing. Um, you're, you're just going to continue to see narratives and more and more technology is going to pop up to solve for that because you know what's going to happen. The government's going to put money there. They're going to create subsidies. They're going to com commit, uh, commit. They're going to uh, create grants, right? They're going to, you know, going to drive people. That's how innovation happens, by the way. Does anybody know that? That's how most innovation happens is the government decides an area where they want it to grow. And then they'll put funds, their grant money and companies come in and they take that money and they go and they innovate in it. And that you see that happening. There ain't no way to stop it. It's coming. So you need to make, sorry, I'm not a financial advisor, not financial advice. I want to make sure I've got horses in this narrative, in this race, because I know it's coming. Um, and to me, that's why uh, this is a good, in my mind, it's a good play. Johnny, and another token that you brought to my attention several years ago at this point was Cardano. And Cardano mm. has tons of bullish sentiment around it, even during this bear market. They've had the Vasil Fork upgrade, but we're seeing massive utility come to all of these blockchains. And of course, Cardano is kind of leading the way on that front. Cardano Developer Portal gained 600 forks, indicating that more developers are contributing. The Cardano developer portal covers everything that could be done on the Cardano mainnet. One example is in its deployment activity, as Cardano's deployment activity has been on the rise despite the bear market. The number of Plutus scripts increased to 3,474, and Plutus scripts is a straight indicator of the development taking place in ADA for the long term. According to recent statistics, there's 102 projects that have been launched on Cardano, and Cardano's native tokens are now at 6.4 million across 63,000 token policies. 
the number of transactions stands at 51.8 million, while the number of projects has grown to 1,120 during this time. All of this news, all of this development, yet Cardano is sitting at 37 cents, Johnny, and people often correlate price action to the success of a project. This is a clear indicator that that is not the case. Jack, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. When you talk about Cardano, many people don't know that they're actually leading on the development front. So what do you think about exactly. Cardano's development and all the utility coming after the Vasil hard fork? Yeah, I love Cardano for the fact that they're kind of quiet moving in the space, but they are they're huge, huge um, contenders for sure. I mean, they they've got a, the most development going on. Um, I think that was a statistic that we had shown um, in the past. And they, you know, they they kind of move like Ripple do Ripple does. You know, they don't they don't really care to showboat about it because they know that they have things um, in development and they're 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 here to stay. Right. Um, so that's. That's just more and more confidence in blockchains like that. But that's another thing I wanted to kind of comment on the um, on the carbon credit um, thing. That's you know we see this theme time and time again with major blockchains that want to stay relevant within the space, and they all need to jump on the train. Whether it be carbon credits, whether it be NFTs, metaverse, you know, you start to see blockchains kind of get into these big niches time and time again. Um, and, and at the same point, and that's because it's all, it's all for relevancy. They all want to stay relevant. Um, and that's what they, oh, that was cool. <laughs> I was doing the, the ninja. Johnny pulled up Hoskinson's a ninja. I said, I'm oh, 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 I was like, I thought that was like a, like an XRP sign or something. I was he, like, oh, ask he, you down. <laughs> but, Jackie, I would say that he, uh, <laughs> well, Jake, I mean, what Hoxton hasn't been that quiet, that's for sure. Tony, Tony, think of crypto. Tony Edwards, I think, single handedly took down Cardano. But the reality is, Ab, just so true. Jack, I didn't mean to cut you off, just a comment that they are mm -hmm. definitely, um, that you have to look at everybody's looking at the price. Mm -hmm. Prices, time who is CEO? <laughs> yeah, I'm not the CEO of Cardano. But the funny thing is, you don't want to be looking at price to judge if a technology is good, you want to be looking at developer adoption that's going to show you what's happening there and that's why i got excited about cardano a while ago because i saw all the developers are choosing it and that that's a sign that's an early indicator of hey there might be something here again you're looking for early indicators to give you an idea which horses to bet on that's all you can do right and those indicators to me are something that's worth placing a bet is cardano going to win i don't know will they be there you know i think they have a chance i mean their technology is good and he tried to fix everything. So to me, it's just an exciting one. And again, another one that you want to have in your bags. Johnny, I think that they, and BitBoy did a video uh, over the weekend about this. And, and I think there's some validity to it that, you know, and you said this before, Johnny, that Ethereum will be its own worst enemy, right? Yep. It took this long to get to the merge. It was flawless. It was great, right? But if they don't get sharding rolling, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If they take forever to get sharding, right? And and they can't get a control of the gas fees. And I love Ethereum, right? But if they can't get sharding rolled out, then Cardano's going to continue to close the gap, yes. right? Because they're going to continue to build and they're going to catch up. So it all depends on what Ethereum does and if they can roll out the next upgrade, the surge uh, in an effective time frame, right? So we'll see. Yeah. And I think what's important, um, Gonzo, I'm not sure people understand that, but sharding is when they actually get the gas fee lowering right the price where the the whole gas fee thing so everybody thought that the merge was going to create the lower gas fees it didn't as gonzo rightfully pointed out that was more for i think speed scalability transactions the cost to be able to get that high painful gas fee that we've all experienced especially when you're buying an nft when it's popular right you're paying an extra hundred dollars two hundred dollars for the gas fee 
sharding solves that and brings it down. But Gonzo's 100% right. The longer it takes to get there, the more you're leaving the door open for competitors to come in and take some of your pie away. And I, and that's why I think – I already think it's too late. I already think uh, they've left the door open too long where now you're going to have competitors that are going to coexist. Awesome. Thank you, guys. And we're going to close this show off the same way we always do by saying thank you to each one of our special guests. Thank you to Johnny Crypto. Thank you to Jackie. And thank you to Gonzo. We got 259 live listeners out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We covered Quant, HBAR, XRP, XLM. The list goes on and on. But on Wednesday, we're going to be talking to Mark Jusko and we're going to be going deep on XRP. So very excited for that episode. We're going to close it out the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Woo!